Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Give a thumbs up if you can hear me on X Spaces here. We are on. We are live. I apologize for the delay making last-minute touches on the video. Can you all hear me? Okay, good. If you're just joining us, welcome to On the Inside with James O'Keefe every Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. We're a little late there because we were exporting the final cut of the next installment of the border series exposing the migrant facility, secret migrant facilities, things you've never seen, uh, places you've never heard of. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and get right to it. And we have some guests that are joining us here, some Border Patrol insiders joining us here live on the program as usual. But first, before we, we're, we're just posting the video on YouTube right now and on X right now, it's taking about 20 minutes to upload and it'll, it'll, you'll have it probably in the next 15 minutes. But before that, I want to talk about Mark Cuban for a minute. And I think we have, and I'm pretty sure we have WeeWoo on with us. Is that right, team? Let me just go to this here and see if we have WeeWoo. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the video, WeeWoo was brought up to Mark Cuban, and I think he's going to be joining us, or she's going to be joining us in the DMs. And let's see if she's if she's brave enough to join us. Give me one minute. Uh, is it Wei Wu or Wee Wu? I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this. We were, are you there? And we're, we're waiting for, for, for Wei Wu to join. I don't know if it's Wee Wu or Wei Wu. I'm ready. Okay. So uh, let's see if Wee Wu can join in with a voice distortion feature or can she comment here in the DMs? We're waiting for you uh, to let's talk a little about this Mark Cuban video. This was recorded in the gym. It's James O'Keefe. Okay. Were you hire Wei Wu? That shit is ridiculous, said Mark Cuban. She, Wei Wu, is in every single one of my threads. He's talking about blocking Wei Wu because she's commenting on X with back and forth with Mark Cuban. Every time I post anything, she posts something ridiculous. Now, what's interesting about, about this video is that Mark Cuban is saying that, that I lied out my ass about Pfizer. You know, I don't know what, what I failed to ask Cuban is why is he, is he an investor in Pfizer? I'm not sure why he's obsessed with this Pfizer clip. Only an effing moron says that DEI has to do with quotas when the IBM official actually said that the, you must hire a certain percentage of African-Americans, you, you, you can't have too many Asian Asians or we'll fire you. That's what the CEO of IBM said. Now, if you haven't seen it, what's interesting about this video is that, you know, this is a, this is a lifetime fitness in, in Texas. 
I usually when I go to these fitness classes, they're usually pretty active and it's pretty arduous, but this was like kind of sliding my foot to the right slide. It was like a jazzercise class. There's, there's me walking over to Cuba. He did not recognize, I, he did not recognize me. Um, which I found to be interesting because I was working out right alongside him the whole time. I don't know how we activate WeeWoo. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties trying to get WeeWoo involved. WeeWoo. We, we, is that how you pronounce it? WeeWoo? I don't know. WeeWoo. Wei, 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 you can comment directly in the Spaces room. WeeWoo on the bottom right. You can also use the voice act. We really want to hear from you. <laughs> She's. She says... I'm Chinese. I bring clear thinking to white people in the West. Okay, this this okay. I prepare speech. I'm here. And this is me reading with WeeWoo. I bring much wisdom to people. I'm ready. Send question now. I prepare answer. Make podcast more smooth. <laughs> um, the world is waiting on you, WeeWoo. So how do we get you to, to, to chime in? Mario, uh, maybe Mario's team can help us send an invitation to, to Weiwu while we play this video. Oh, hey, Mark. Um, how you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, it's James O.T. Seven good points. Yeah. Hey, guys, why did you say that I edited the video? Oh, my God. So he says, so Mark Cuban said that um, uh, I, uh, he, I edited the videos there in the, in the video. He says, I edited the videos. Yeah. He says, quote, and do you really think a James O'Keefe edited video is an objective representation of reality? We're not sure what he means by, by that. We're not sure what, what he means by that edited objective. They always say that I edit tapes, but they can never point out a specific edit. They go back to the pimp video from 2009. Uh, we're unclear about that. We will post Weiwu's comments in here because I think her DMs are closed. Let's see here. Has closed DMs. Why did you say that I edited the video? Light out your ass about Pfizer. Went to A A cap. Mark Cuban says, does he mean CPAC? A cap? When you went to A cap or whatever it was. They were essentially changing or trying to mutate the virus. Mark Cuban, it's always interesting, you know, we don't characterize what people say, we quote them, we show, actually, we don't even quote them, we assimilate into them and we show videos of them talking. And people are always trying to debate facts in this country, really just quoting the Pfizer executive here, Jordan Walker. Oh, yeah, that's what the guy said. So, he said they were meeting about, he said they were muting, he said there was something, the possibility of 
Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that's not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. We're storing, like, now, you know, the virus keeps mutating. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're storing is, like, why we just mutate ourselves so we can put the Okay, so you showed the video. That's great, says Mark Cuban. So what's the debate over? By the way, we will, I, I guess we is not going to chime in. She's, she's going to type and I'm going to read her statements. That's fine. So Mark Cuban saying that I said that he said that he's mutating the virus. Um, but I and then Mark Cuban apologizes to me privately for those of you who are just tuning in. I'm talking about the Mark Cuban interaction I had in the gym. We got Wee Woo on the line. Wee Woo, Wee Woo. Um, and we're at the part where he's talking about Pfizer saying I lied. But I was wrong. I said, are you going to apologize publicly now? He said, I did apologize publicly. Uh, I stand corrected. Mark Cuban did say that. This is about the IBM story. He said that I didn't say it was from 2021, but he did apologize. Um, also, there we go. Wee Woo. Okay, so Wee Woo. If you're here, could you just could you just tell us what your reaction is to this piece? What's your reaction, Wee Woo? I guess I'm going to have to read your reaction live. Um, what 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 is we what does Wee Woo have to say? I guess we'll wait for her to chime in here. What do you have to say about Mark Cuban not being willing to hire you? Why did you block Wee Woo? Mark Cuban says that shit is ridiculous. She's been in every one of my threads. Every time I post anything, she posts something ridiculous. But what's, but what's ridiculous about this? I guess is the question. What, what exactly do you think is ridiculous? We were, we're waiting on you. Let's watch the rest of this video, and I'll read Weiwu's reaction live. DEI has nothing to do with quotas, says Mark Cuban. Okay, we have a reaction from, this is a long reaction. In most inspired, I'm going to read this without the accent. In most inspired joint Maverick, why my contract $15 million? I be 15 million, very quick, easy money. I like real reason, my chance for NBA player, very low. I push hypocrite Mark Cuban very hard. Okay, so it goes on. I'm not trying to finesse this. So for blacks, we should try to get towards 13 point something percent. On Hispanics, you got to get into the mid-teens. On gender, okay, we are somewhere in the mid-30s, I think. By the way, if you guys have speaker requests, please post them. We're going to get to the new video here in a minute. Uh, hey, L, how are we doing with that video? Are we close to export? We're going to be launching a brand new video, guys, on the border momentarily, and we're going to go over that. We're just finishing the, the Mark Cuban recap. And Mark Cuban, if you're listening, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to debate you. You called me a, quote, pussy. I don't know why I'm the pussy. I showed up to ask you tough questions. You're a billionaire, and a lot of people are afraid to ask you tough questions. For all of IBM, but... Okay, so... Uh, 
Now, then the security guard, Brandon, come, I guess he's the, the trainer, comes over and gets involved. A very aggressive guy. He says, where's my camera? A lot of people in the comments saying, well, you know, why didn't you just tell him where your camera is? Why didn't you answer Mark Cuban's question? And honestly, like, because he would have confiscated my footage and deleted it, as they did with the iPhone from the bystander filming with the iPhone. Are you recording me? Are you recording me? Are you, why, did I, why did I not tell him that? I, first of all, I said I record all the time, but that's really, really why I didn't tell him because I didn't want to confiscate that camera. They grabbed the shirt of this kid who was recording, brought him into the fitness room, humiliated him in front of everybody, basically assaulted him. It's basically a crime. And then they put his eyes up to the, the, the iPhone and held him by the shirt and made him delete the footage and then deleted the footage off of the, 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 the other screen where it's in the kind of the bin after you delete it. So that's why I didn't tell Mark Cuban where the hidden camera was. We got hidden cameras in everything. Okay. I've never seen this reaction. Usually it's A, it's, it's they call the police, B, they run away, or, or C, they, they, they have a seizure on the floor. But Mark Cuban came up with a new option here. He, he, started, he started saying, uh, uh, where's your camera, where's your camera, like freaking out that his conversation is being recorded. I think that's very revealing. And honestly, that's because we have insiders. Speaking of insiders, uh, everyone, could you please retweet this space right away? We're going to be bringing up some very interesting speakers. And um, I'm going to bring up the first one while we wait for the new piece. Any moment now, we're launching part three on the border. It's an unbelievable piece. Guys, who we got up next? Who's our next guest? Who's our, rather, who's our first guest? Um, Nagales. Tom, Tom. Tom inside the Border Patrol. Can we queue up Tom? Are you there? I am here. Tom, uh, you, you're live uh, with On the Inside with James O'Keefe. We're about to launch part three, which I'm going to get your reaction to. But could you give us, tell the world who you are. You worked for the Border Patrol. You were inspired to come out after what we launched last week. So tell everyone who you are. Yeah, um, I was a Border Patrol agent. I just recently retired. Uh, I could have stayed in the agency for much longer, but I could no longer in good conscience continue working as a cog in the wheel for the smuggling operation. So I retired early and got out, and I'm here to tell you really what's going on and what's happening. So if you're just joining the space, uh, you're, you're hearing from Tom, Border Patrol agent. He's coming public uh, for the public's right to know. So tell, tell the world in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in about, I know this is a lot to ask, but in about 60 seconds, what you want them to know about the crisis on the border, what's happening in this country. Well, it's even worse than people think. Um, there's actually a lot of fraud uh, with the Department of Homeland Security uh, not reporting the numbers to congress like they're congressionally mandated to they're actually flubbing those What's numbers the fraud? so when Tell you us about what the fraud is 
So when Border Patrol agents apprehend uh, migrants coming across the border, they're supposed to be put into a system. And Secretary Mayorkas put out CBP-1 that allows people to basically get a fast pass. And I don't know if they're still doing it because I'm retired now. I don't know if they changed it. But while I was still in, everybody that was coming across with the CBP-1 app, they weren't being put into the Border Patrol system. So all of those apps, gotaways, and turnback numbers that are congressionally mandated, they're actually wrong because the CBP-1 app that they implemented allowed a whole stream of people to come in that weren't counted. And and what's the solution to the problem? So basically, uh, I don't see any real solution without change in Washington. Uh, the guys on the ground that are doing their job every day, they're not violating the law. And as much as we want them to you know, stop the migrants from coming. That's not their job. They're law enforcement. The The law is being broken when the people cross. So as law enforcement, they have to arrest the people who broke the law. As far as stopping them from coming in the first place, that's got to come from Washington. Now, Tom, you're not currently in the border. You just left. Yeah, I just recently retired, uh, which is the only reason I'm able to freely speak about all of this stuff. All of my why, brothers why and sisters that are still in camp. Why can't Border Patrol agents freely speak while they're working there? Because they'll be retaliated against. Uh, you're going to lose your job, your livelihood. You know, it, it's terrible. The the way that the process is set up to be able to blow the whistle for all the stuff that's going on, they won't listen to us. So now that I'm out, I can freely speak. I mean, if, will they retaliate against all of you? If Because the last Border Patrol insider we spoke to, did you hear the, the, the last week what he said? He he bravely, he came on as a Border Patrol agent with his voice disguised. He said something like 90% plus people agree with him inside the Border Patrol. Oh, yeah, I, I would say at least that much. And, you know, he's very brave even to come out with his voice disguised um, because while working for the agency to be able to come out and, and tell people what's really going on is a huge no-no. I was a lead steward in the union, and even I couldn't come out on behalf of our union and say things. So it's really just impossible but, but Tom, for us Tom, to tell I mean, people. Let me push back. Let me push back gently. And I, I speaking on behalf of basically what everyone feels or not, not everyone, but many people feel if 99% of border patrol agents or 90% of all feel this is atrocious. Couldn't they all speak out in numbers? Couldn't they all yeah, go well, public as a group? Is, is it unionized kind of organized fashion? So, our union leaders do come out, but the union leaders don't allow every member of the union. And it is against our policy for us to look at what happened when we tried to talk about when AOC came down to the border. We got guys fired for even posting memes about AOC visiting the border, let alone telling people what's really happening behind the scenes. It would be a, a, just slaughter as far as like everybody getting fired. Like we can't come out and say anything. I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I think I, I do understand. Um, at what point, it, it seems like a lot of the Border Patrol agents that we're talking to are kind of participating in evil, or they feel like they're participating in evil. So so as the Border Patrol agent recently retired, retired and you live in New York State, what at what point does it become Border Patrol agents actively participating in evil? I think that they they are participating in evil 
the, the way I always compare it is, you know, the guy that was just guarding a fence post in Germany didn't feel like he was doing anything atrocious, but he was one part of the cog in the wheel for the Nazi regime. And then they always say, well, I was just doing my job. I'm not comparing Border Patrol agents to Nazis directly, but what I'm saying is you can't just fall back on, oh, I was just doing my job. If you know that this administration is turning our agency into a giant smuggling operation, you have to stand up. You have to do the right thing. And we've tried. We've done things like we call it the green flu where we, you know, we call in sick and, you know, we've tried to push back, but there's only so much you can do. Well, one solution might be organizing in, uh, together. Uh, if Border Patrol agents are listening to this, you can contact OMG and James O'Keefe on the hotline, the signal line 914-315-9415. I've spoken to some Border Patrol agents and National Guardsmen in the last couple days. I've been on the road. More on that soon. We are now live on X, ladies and gentlemen. We have just broken our new story. Tom, st stay with us. We've just broken our news story. This is the Elitas facility at 1150 West Drexler in Tucson, as well as Elitas Angels in Nogales in, in, in the border of Mexico and Arizona. Just broken our brand new video. We're going to go to it, um, and we're going to take you through that. Just real quick, before we break, before we go through this new video, Nick Shirley, are you on? Nick? Yes, I'm right here. Now, you're really a brave young man. You, you actually did something that I thought was extraordinary. You walked right into a facility in New York City with a reflecting vest on. Could you just tell everyone what you did? Yeah, so I tracked down illegal immigrants in New York City. I went down there to New York to see what happens with the people after they cross the border. I went to the border, and, and I, I met a lady. I gave her my WhatsApp, and she told me she was transferred to New York City. So I tracked her down, and then, and then I went to some of these migrant shelters, and I wanted to see what was actually going on inside this migrant shelter. So I put on a construction vest and I walked right on, walked right in and started videotaping and seeing what was actually what was actually going on. And I mean, that take I took some brass balls. This is a, for those of you watching. It's a young guy. He runs in there with a reflecting vest on. I mean, and and I mean, was that trespassing or how does that work? I mean, I have no idea. I mean, the illegals are entering into the building, so I I guess I should be allowed to enter in as well, right? Yeah. And I mean, is this the first time you ever done anything like that? Um, I've snuck into a lot of events as uh, as a YouTuber, and but now I'm getting into this journalism stuff, so I really wanted to see what was going on and and see how they're what what's what's happening here in America. This is this is, this is 1843. You sneaking into the migrant shelter, and uh, let me just play this for everyone so they can hear this. Nick, one tip is put the put the sneaking part up front and then play the rest of your video because it's 18 minutes into your video. <laughs> now, this is you walking into the facility. You're wearing a reflecting vest in New York City, sneaking in there? Yes. Um, walking in, uh, they just let me right through <laughs> with the security guards. Did at any point they kick you out or did you get found out? Did you get discovered? Yeah, so as I was videotaping going around, it was very, it was super, like, right as I walked in there, I had a really ill feeling, um, and people, I didn't know really what was going on, the, it was kind of dim lit in, inside of there, and I started uh, walking around, seeing what was going on, all the rooms 
they had the rooms labeled off in the numbers. They had all these people going process. Where is this in New York City? Where did you sneak in? This is on uh, 180, uh, 185th Street. Is, it's it, kinda, is, where, is that northern Manhattan? Uh, it's southern, I believe. 185th Street to, is, uh, is, would be in Brooklyn or would be in, in Harlem? One or the other. Yeah, I was right next to the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay. Did they think you were Spanish? I mean, you look pretty white in there. You look, you look like a sore thumb, but that you were a construction worker. Yeah, so I just had the construction vest on, and I just said I was looking, doing uh, some uh, checkups. So I'm in here right now. In here. Got everyone, it looks like they have everyone labeled off in the numbers. Yeah, your heart must have been pounding out of your chest. Yeah, and then uh, you'll see right right there in that in that part of the video, um, the guy said, "I say what's up, man." He starts talking to me. He's like, "Are you filming?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm just doing a checkup." And then he were, starts. Was yelling. your camera visible? Were, were you holding out your iPhone in this migrant shelter? Yeah, it's just my iPhone. And so he he saw my camera and he asked me if I was filming, and I, I said, "Yeah, I'm just doing a checkup." And I could tell he he got offended and he stood up and he started telling all the other what workers. What do you say about what do you say about sneaking into more of these places and me giving you some proper hidden cameras? Let's do it. Let's do it. You're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. We're recruiting citizen journalists live and getting them and, and empowering them. Nick, just remember that 38 states it's legal and 12 states it's illegal to record in one party consent situations. <laughs> What is the scene of this fight at the door when you're sneaking into the shelter? What is that about? Yeah, so, so that's some footage I got from the immigrants from inside. Uh, as I was leaving, they, I, I met them. There was a, a little scuffle going on up front, and um, I was just trying to get out. And so I met the, some of the immigrants after I got their phone numbers, and they sent me the videos so I could uh, use them for my video. All right. Thank you, Nick. Stay, uh, stand by because I might come back to you. Um, we have a breaking story, everyone, that I want to get to in a minute. It's live on X. You can go to my account there. It says, I'm your father. O'Keefe Media exposes secret elitist facility. Hey, Nick, you probably should sneak into that one in Arizona. No. We got Nick, you got to come on a trip with me. We're going to go sneak into some other facilities in Texas. Dude, let's do it. How does that sound? Is he, are you game for that? Sounds amazing. I've learned, everyone, that the best way to assess people is to look at what they do. Not what they say, but what they do. Uh, we have a guest here. Uh, Marauder Magazine has some questions for Tom. Tom, are you still on with us? Yeah, I'm here. Tom, everyone, is the Border Patrol agent who's come out. Uh, and Marauder, if you can unmute yourself and ask questions for Tom, our Border Patrol agent recently retired. Hey, James. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, Tom, I, I'm a former uh, civil affairs specialist in the United States Army. And one of the things that we did were uh, was uh, populace and resources control. So we kind of handled uh, uh, similar situations with migrants and, and the flow of uh, caravans of people. And I just wanted to ask you, were um, um, first off, I, I wanted to ask, you know, when, when you dealt with people, would you ever, and they came in caravans and troves of, of giant waves, were they ever um, 
somewhat i know they're all wearing different clothing but did they ever have something kind of distinct and kind of marked uh on their bodies maybe they, they have uh divisions where they're all wearing the same jewelry or they all have the same tattoos or they i don't know maybe they have like a, a single uh, matching color of hair extension well I'm sure, as you've probably seen by now, the the wristband thing. But that's the wristbands were given by the cartel, so that's not necessarily the group themselves um, that are distinctive. But the problem is, uh, we're not seeing just like you know groups of twenty or thirty people from El Salvador that all have you know similar uh, MS-13 tattoos or anything. Um, I just talked to a guy who's still on the patrol yesterday, who's over in Arizona. And the entire West Coast of Africa is showing up in Arizona. So to say that, like, you know, oh, we're getting all these groups from Guatemala or Honduras, that they're the same as the people coming from Senegal. Like, there's really just no way when you have 180 countries coming in that they're similar like that. Hey, hey Tom, uh, Border Patrol agent Tom is his name, New York State. Tom, um, is it true the cartel gets about $10,000 per body? That's what I've heard from multiple sources. Something about that. Something like that. that that's on average, but if it's a specialty, like if, uh, say, Chinese or Bangladeshi or something like that, they get more. And uh, uh, how does uh, someone from Venezuela or Senegal afford five or ten thousand bucks? How does that work? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, but from what I'm understanding, it's all part of the NGOs, like Catholic charities, that are funding this. Speaking of that, we have Grant Cardone in the queue. I see you, Grant. There. I'm going to get to you in a couple of minutes. Okay, everyone stand by. I may go back to you. But, but first, we have a breaking story out of O'Keefe Media. We have just busted the elitist facility on the border of Nogales. This is a 10-minute long video just posted a moment ago. But what I'm going to do for you is I'm just going to play a few clips on the front end here. Uh, and then we're going to talk about this. I just want to break this story. We're live on the air. This story has been posted. This is in Nogales. This is on the border. This is a pretty spiritually dark location I visited with my crew, and we went to this NGO called Nogales, which is a nonprofit uh, 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 trafficking, transporting migrants into the country. I'm going to play a few of these clips and uh, talk about what occurred here. Every time I show up anywhere, they just instantly call the police. Hi, I like your name and badge number. So we walk up to the bus, and the police officer comes up to me. Garcia 276. What's your first name? Garcia Tuzo. He just says his first and last name are identical. Your name is just Garcia? Mm -hmm. Can I have your full name, please? No. No, he refuses to give me his full name. Can I have your full name, please? No. You guys are just... I'm an American journalist. I don't protest. I report. What did they say? So the group actually said that we were using racial slurs against them by showing up. They lied uh, and said that we were using racial slurs. They also said we were protesting. I'm not there to protest. I'm there to ask questions. One American Red Cross worker got really belligerent with me and almost grabbed the camera and covered his badge so that we couldn't see it. I read his badge out loud. Why are you, sir, why are you blocking? The American Red Cross workers were in Nogales next to what's called Elitas and Elisa's Angels, nonprofit NGO. We spoke undercover to the Elisa's Angels, and they said that they were getting federal money. A lot of NGOs making a lot of money, a lot of money involved, hundreds of millions of dollars going to nonprofit organizations that you've never even heard of before. They have very little social media presence, maybe a couple hundred followers, maybe on Instagram. 
And these Red Cross workers, very upset at me for even standing there. On the camera. What? Out of respect for humans. Okay. What, what do you mean, respect? I No discussion. No, no discussion. So, Tucker, Carrie, Vincent? Why are, you, why are you covering your badge? Why? Why are you covering your badge? I'm done. Where are you going? California. He's going to California. This is a Red Cross worker running away. Like I said, they always run, call the cops, have a seizure. Mark Cuban likes to destroy the footage before airdropping it to himself. Can't make this stuff up, guys. Why would you hide your badge? I have no obligation to speak with you. No, but you no actually, I disagree with you. I think that as a, a, a public official who's getting hundreds of millions of dollars in federal money, I actually... Uh, <clears throat> okay, sure. I, now now you, you're switching gears here. The Red the Cross worker turns around, runs in the other direction. They scatter around like cockroaches. And there's this bank building that we show up to. This is an old bank building at 112 Park. I will print the addresses. I will show the locations. Hundreds of millions of dollars of money. They, they lock the doors on me. This, ladies and gentlemen, I'm live. We're in Nogales, Arizona, outside the Casas Alitas nonprofit organization receiving hundreds of millions of dollars. They lock the doors. And they're scurrying around, scattering like cockroaches just because I'm standing in the street with a microphone. Indoors, running away, hiding their badges in their vests. Leave him alone! This is one Alitas Angels worker. She lost control of herself here, standing on the street. Leave him alone! I have a right to be here, ma'am. Leave him alone! Who are you? Your father! Your father! She says that she's my father. This is your taxpayer dollars hard at work. She's my father. Man, what do you mean you're my father? So, Alitas Angels, a group you've never... I'm going to play one more clip, and then, and then Grant, I'm going to go to you. Get down. What's that? He's one of the workers at Casas Alitas walking up to me. I thought he was going to kill me. He had his hand... We thought he had a gun. And he had his hand in his pocket. He walks right up to me. I'm standing outside the facility here. Uh, who are you? Me? They always say it's none of my business. The Red Cross, Casas Alitas, International Rescue Committee. It's, it's really a profound statement on society. I mean, that they're getting billions of dollars of federal money and I'm not allowed to know what's going on. We pay on. money for this, so we want to know what's happening. So you don't pay nothing for this. Or That's we... wrong. That's <laughs> absolutely sorry. wrong. We do pay money for your organization, sir. The 990 Schedule B shows it. For, uh, for International Rescue, we're looking to obtain Elitis Angels. If you're listening to this program and you have information about Elitis Angels, you can DM us. Um, uh, if you're just joining us, please make sure to share the space. Follow OMG and remember... Our, our mission is to uplift citizen journalism. DM us, signal us. We want to hear from you. We'll get to you in a minute. I apologize for being late. We're, we're just publishing this video now. Go to pay for it. My tax pay is to pay too, and I don't, and I don't tell nothing to the people. Yeah. What are you kind of talking about? So the guy who runs International Rescue Committee makes over $1 million a year of bringing people in this country. I bet you didn't know that, ladies and gentlemen. The CEO of International Rescue makes over a million dollars a year as a nonprofit organization. You may even take black cars, for all we know. David Millibrand is his name. And his company brings in $400 million from the feds. Well, you have to do 22 that time that people will work here. Then they said that we were using racial slurs and tried to attack them. They called the police on us. This is a worker... Inside Elitas Angels. I have it all on video. I filmed everything. So I didn't attack anybody. Uh, but then he found out that we were investigated. And finally, 
finally us showing up. We followed the white bus all the way to Tucson, and we get to this secret location that no one's ever reported on. That's 1150 West Drexel Road, Tucson, Arizona. Again, we're going to publish these addresses. This is a massive compound um, in Tucson that you've never heard about. School buses, white buses, NGOs trafficking and transporting people. Here at Santa Cruz and Drexler in Tucson, in front of this major elitist facility that you probably never knew existed. Please, I'm not over you. This is the facility, uh, and you can see my interaction there in the video. Okay, so I'm going to go to you, Grant. Um, you're concerned about the economy, obviously. Uh, we've got these NGOs getting a billion dollars in money. What's your reaction to these videos, this this information that we're seeing here? Well, I just want to thank you for your commitment and your craziness. You're you're, you're an insane dude, or you're severely committed, or some combination. Combination. So you're, you're you should be an inspiration to everybody looking to see the truth and hear the truth. So thank you, James. Um, look, I I'm from an immigrant family. I, I support immigration. I think it's good for our country. I just want it done the way, you know, my, my grandparents came in and the way so many people in America came in legally. Uh, my question to you is, did you see anybody coming across that looked underfed, uh, distraught, and that didn't have uh, a, a charged cell phone? Because I keep wondering why these people, if they've crossed through two or three countries, in some cases more, why aren't they like down to bones, skin and bones? Where do they get their charged uh, telephones from? And why are they so well-dressed coming across? Good question. Answer, I did check out Alita's Amazon wish list and all kids in maternity photos. Uh, but their site makes it looks like it's all about families. This is Alita's Angels, the NGO in Nogales, just 50 yards from the border. I only really saw mostly men in 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 the in the video there, and I only saw men, mostly men. So I'm I'm a little confused about that for sure. And I and I appreciate that people are trying to get a better life. This has nothing to do with my perspective on whether or not they want that. It's about the money that they're receiving. But that's the answer to your your question. Um, uh, but any other thoughts, Grant? Yeah, sorry about that, James. Yeah, no, I just see them coming across and like nobody looks hungry. They look well fed, well rested. Uh, they don't look panic or scared. They seem to be very confident about where they're going. And I just know in my life, when I'm not sure about where my money's coming from, I'm scared and I have a scared look on my face. And none of these, what is it? Got to be 96% men. Uh I have not. Grant, what do you think about this? You ever heard, Grant, you're pretty um, versed in economics, knowledgeable guy, pay attention to public policy issues. Did you ever heard, did you know that these nonprofits were getting half a billion? I had no no idea. I had no idea that, but it does not surprise me. And this is like, I've I've never heard of elitist before. I'm not an Arizonian. Um, There's other, there's so many of these NGOs. And they only have like a couple hundred followers on Instagram. They have no social media presence whatsoever. These are massive facilities. What do you, what do you make of that? What's your reaction to that? Well, I can only assume, and I don't know this to be true, that somebody else is funding this activity. 
uh, I'd love for you, I don't, I don't have the time to do it or the courage um, to, to track down, okay, where's the money coming from? Who's funding this activity? And then how are they doing it? They, they must be doing it to get some kind of write-off. So I can just imagine from a charitable sense, somebody's funding a foundation, writing it off of their taxes, and then paying for this activity, possibly, I mean, could it possibly be dirty money that's being washed and cleaned up? Or is it some very wealthy corporation or uh, individual that's, this, uh, you know, scamming the charity IRS regulations? Well, thank, thank you, Grant. Um, we're going to go to Marauder. Um, let me ask you the same question. Before we get to our next few guests, first of all, Murad, I don't know if you had a chance to see this video that we just posted. Have you had a chance to watch even a couple minutes of it? Just posted the last 30 minutes? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm brushing up on some stuff to, to, to ask and to, to bring to the, the discussion here. But I'm actually going to it right now. Well, let, let me ask you this. Just, just have you, why, are, why are these NGOs getting hundreds of millions of dollars and no one's ever heard of that? These are nonprofit organizations. What, what is going on? You have some experience in this, in this area. Like, why are they getting all this money? So that's a, that's a really good question. And I have another analogy to kind of uh, give you a, an idea. There's the YouTuber named Cash Jordan, who actually also reported on this on NGOs that were supposed to house migrants and facilitate their well-being and provide them food and provide them with rooms and hotels. Um, so typically it is somebody I would say somebody kind of knows somebody. So somebody within these NGOs, they know somebody in the government. And so they were able to get their foot in the door to secure the contract. That's nine times out of 10 months. What's what that happens. They and have this a is relationship kind of with somebody in the United States government. And it's all about the money. It does seem yeah. to be a money grab, doesn't it? Typically. Yeah. So it's, it, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and these people, they have, they have really good connections. So if they can present themselves to a, a very, I would say polarized politician and can say, Hey, I can help you achieve this. This is your goal. And you get to go through me and nobody really gets to suspect that, you know, it's, it's you allocating the tax dollars. It's you giving it to an NGO and the NGO uh, performing the, the work for you that you don't want to, that you kind of want to keep a distance with. Um, that is, that is typically the name of the game. All right. We got Pablito. Pablito, are you there? Pablito, you're on mute. If you can hear me, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Pablito, our citizen journalist uh, uh, from Arizona, we just broke the story. Pablito in Nogales featuring this NGO named Casas Alitas. You're a citizen journalist who kind of led led me on to this. It's because of you that I went to Nogales. Could you tell the world what the hell is going on 50 yards from the border there with Casas Alitas? Well, the, uh, what, what's happening is that they, they took over a bank and they processed uh, all the illegal immigrants right at the border. And then they escorted them into the bank. And then in the bank, they receive, you know, health care. They get their phones. They get a bus ticket or a plane ticket. <clears throat> and then they're uh, matched with, uh, they're supposed to be family members. But sometimes they're just friends or supposedly acquaintances that miraculously, magically pop up, you know, in a day. <laughs> And so that's all they need for the government to uh, to release them. And most of them don't even fill out their applications properly. They wait till their till their their final destination, and that's where you get 
you know, you hear always, hey, they never show up in court. Well, that's the reason they never show up in court, because they never completed their applications. And what the evidence they had was, was false, was fake. And I, and I know this real personally, because I used to work for a, 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 attorneys, immigration attorneys. And when I'd go to interview people, 99% of them didn't qualify for amnesty or asylum. But the strange thing is when we tell them, you don't qualify, they get mad. And a week later, we, I came in court with another attorney. And that attorney, all of a sudden, they're victims of violence, they're victims of, you know, every, every, every single title that will let them qualify. But one of the biggest problems is also is, is, the, is the attorneys themselves, uh, you know, there would be no business in the immigration, uh, uh, you know, attorney business. It's because they all know they don't qualify. So the, the attorneys themselves, you know, coach and tell the illegals, hey, this is what you got to say, this is what you got to do. And once you once we get you out on bond or you're clear, then you'd never have to come back. You know, would they pay them their fees up front? They made their money and bye bye. How how does so so what have you learned since we were down there with you in Nogales? Um, what have, what have you learned being on the ground there? Well, what I've learned is that uh, is that border patrol. I, you know, I have friends and family that work border patrol. And like I say, I'm from the border, and what 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 they've been telling me is that the, what the government, you know, the I guess the edict or whatever the government they put out is uh, they they're asking border patrol officials to go out into the desert and find all the illegal aliens and bring them to the port of entry because Title away in order to qualify for asylum or... I think we lost you there, Pablito, if you can hear me. I think you put yourself on mute. I'm sorry. Um, no, because that what the administration is, is, is asking Border Patrol to do is to go into the desert, to go out to these faraway places where the immigrants are amassing and to collect them, and see that's that's a that's a way to avoid uh, Title Eight. Title Eight is you have to have a credible fear interview, and you have to present yourself at a port of entry, and and declare for amnesty. So none of these people are doing that. They're being detained out in the desert, but the government is telling them escort them to the port of entry. That way they can qualify, and you know we won't get any slack. That way they won't be breaking the law. But most of them don't even fill out their applications yet. Uh, they just kind of rush them through. And then uh, they're let they're let they're let go freely into the U.S. into my community into Tucson, Arizona. Some of them, some of them don't even have people to go to. That's that, that's the part that, that, that scares me and is freaking me out. And some of them don't have those, those family members they need in order to be released, and they're just letting, letting them go into the community. What about what about Palito getting some people inside the the this this uh, Acasas Elitas facility and kind of undercover? Oh yeah, I'm working that? on that. I'm working on that, and uh, what I found from Casa Salitas, you know, that's that's an organization that I, I had never known or had never heard on the border, and all of a sudden they're all of a sudden they have people. What they're doing now, I found out since you left, is that they're sending they're sending representatives to the hospitals, to hotels, and telling them, hey, we're getting more migrants, we're getting we're going to get another influx, be ready. You're sending them to the hospitals, the clinics. The thing that that's also surprised me is that the hospital clinics aren't reporting all the illegal uh, immigrants that they're treating and that the bill, you know, the taxpayer is footing. When I was growing up, that's something you'd always hear and see in the news in the 80s and 90s, how, you know, UMC, now, which is now bad in Tucson, uh, was 20, back in the day, you know, 20, 30 million was a lot of money. So, so Pablito, uh, most people have never heard of this Alitas. They just get, their, their eyes get blinded by just how much money. Uh, one, one question is, so, so will, will you commit to 
having some people do, go undercover in this organization between now and the election, I think that's very important. Oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, I'm working on it myself right now. See, what we're doing on the show, everyone, is we're putting people to work. We're, 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 we're deputizing. You might say, oh, James, OPSEC, OPSEC, don't announce your plans. This is 2024, baby. New year, new James O'Keefe. We're going to lean into the fire and tell the world and tell everyone what we're doing. And, and the good news is that'll drive more citizen journalists to us. You can DM us. You can go to our Signal People comment section. James, where can I send you information? If you haven't figured that out by now, man, you have no business being a citizen journalist. You can DM us in on Instagram or X. You can send us a message on Signal. Pablo here is going to help. Pablito here is going to help with the undercover work. He's in the video. Pablito is uh, is exposing this organization locally. They're freaking out. Um, uh, by the way, I have one more question before we go to our next person to talk to. How can these people afford the $10,000 to give to the cartel? How does that work from your estimation there on the ground in the Dallas? Well, some people do raise the money, but usually what happens is that the organization, the NGOs, pay for them. That's what I've been told. They actually pay for them to be crossed, to come over. And then the bad part about it is that after the NGOs pay them, whoever those people or children are turned over to, that, that's not their problem. And that's something, one of the things that, that disgusts me about Anitas, I heard about them. Because I, I, I told you, James, but I don't know if the people know that. Actually, my law firm, myself, I was the one that blew open, uh, exposed Obama when he was uh, caging kids. That happened in Nogales. The first pictures that ever came out were from Nogales, were from the Catholic uh, the, the diocese. We supplied the telephone. I made the phone call. And then the story blew. And that's the first time I heard Alitas, but they weren't in Nogales. They were in Yuma. And what disgusts me is that they were trying to, that's when I worked with an immigration attorney. They were trying to hire us to process these children. And when I would ask them for evidence, for proof that these children, the people who were claiming them were relatives, they, they, uh, the, the, the evidence they had was, oh, yeah, we have a notarized paper from Ecuador, from, you know, El Salvador. And I, and I kept telling them, look, anybody can do that. I can go and, and say this is my child and can get a letter stating that, but hey, it's not hey, really my child. Are these people? Uh, and they were pimping them out. They were just sending them to whoever just to get them off the bat. It was, it was disgusting. Being a father, I was disgusted by that. And I told them, look. If you don't have solid evidence, like a birth certificate, an ID, something that will tell me this is the father or the mother, we're not going to process. We're not going to work for Arlita. So they so, never so, called so, me so, back. So, so let's go. Let's go back to the facility in, in, in this video that we were. There's video here of this. For those of you just joining us, there's a video obtained on the border in a town called Nagales, which is an hour and a half south of Tucson, right on the border. Um, of this nonprofit you've also never heard of called Casas Alitas, busing people up to secret migrant shelters in Tucson. Um, are these, uh, Pablito, how does it work down there right on the border? Because you're a citizen journalist in Nogales. Where do they get bussed from and bus to? What are you witnessing? What are you witnessing with your eyes there on the ground? Well, they're processed and then they're they're low down to the buses and they're shipped to either the facility that I took you to in Tucson, the Adiolita, the big one, that used to be a former call center that houses from 500 to 1,000 illegal immigrants. And they also bus them to the airport. Our airport is being used as another processing center. They have big tarps there and nobody's allowed to even approach it. You know, I found out from some military friends of mine what they were doing there. Um, and then they're bused to Phoenix uh, or they're bused to another location in Tucson that I just found out about actually also. 
Uh, hey, and, hey, and there... hey pa Pablito, hold on. Nick, are you still there? Nick Shirley. Yes, I'm right here. We got these other locations that whistleblowers are giving us in Arizona, apparently, because Pablo Pablito just brought this up. You want to go to me? You want to go with me to Arizona and bust them open? These other locations? Yes, give me time and day, and I'll be there. All right, you're in Utah, right? Yes. Okay, because we got a couple more addresses. We this is breaking news, everyone. We got a whistleblower coming to us on Signal who drives the buses, and he just gave us all the secret locations. And a couple of those locations actually corroborate the locations that were given to me by the Border Patrol insider last week. That's how it's done. So uh, just stand by here. This is out. This is me outside the location. This is breaking video talking to the Uber driver, deleting <laughs> the Uber driver's name. Uh, Pablo, Pablito's laughing because he was standing next to me when this occurred. And we're just going to play this for you, and I'm going to narrate live what occurred. That's Listen to this. For us, didn't it, huh? <laughs> Listen to this. Hold on. Spoke to the Uber driver who's pulling in to pick up the migrants. You're an Uber. Are you? Are you picking up? The There's an Uber driver at the Alitas location in Tucson. Pablito, uh, uh, put yourself on mute for a second. This is the Uber driver pulling up to the location. Yes, you are, you are picking up the refugees. I know a lot of people here. How long has this been operating? A year? Yeah. I'm asking the Uber driver, how long has this place been? He says a year. He's picking up illegal immigrants and migrants at this secret facility. I'm standing outside the entranceway of the facility. Yes, we know Alitas. Guy starts naming employees that work there. Jorge, George, and Grace. Grace. He offers me the phone numbers for the employees at Casas Alitas at 1150 West Drexel Road. And the Uber driver gave me the phone of two employees that work for Casa Alitas. In fact, he saved them on his device as Jorge Casa Alitas and Jeanette Casa Alitas. He actually gives me his phone and gives me the phone number. So I, I end up calling Jorge. At the Casas Litas, I'm standing outside the gate trying to get in. Some Jorge and Jeanette. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. We're calling Jorge from Alitas. Hey there, this is uh, this is James standing outside the Alitas facility. Yes. There's a shipment, I guess, of, of migrants coming into the... Jorge thinks I... <laughs> Jorge thinks I work there or I'm part of the Uber driver. I'm in the car with the Uber driver, who he knows. So the Uber drivers park on the on the dirt road next door. So we just got a message from an Uber driver here. Um, hello, I'm going to read this to you guys live on the air. Hello, James. I wanted to thank you for exposing the location at 1150 West Drexel. I'm going to redact the name. I'm an Uber driver here in Tucson. I've taken numerous migrants to Sky Harbor from that location. So they take the migrants from Nogales. They ship them to 1150 West Drexel in Tucson. You're looking at this video, you can't even see it inside the facility. It's kind of a fence covered in what appears to be blankets. I don't know why they're trying to hide this. Uh, and then they ship them to Tucson. So the Uber driver says, quote, I always knew something wasn't right about that place. I was talking to my wife about reaching out to you to have you investigate, but you beat me to the punch. 
For those of you just joining us, I'm reading an Uber driver's message live on the air in response to this uh, video. Quote, I did want to add one more piece of information that may lead to some deeper questions. I've noticed that almost all the people I've dropped off are flying via Delta. Not sure if it's significant. Please be safe out there. Much love. We have eyes and ears everywhere. We've got eyes and ears in Mark Cuban's gym. Three people that work out with Mark Cuban told me where he works out. Now we got Uber drivers dropping off migrants at the secret elitist facility. And they're coming in hot. <coughs> elitist means little wings in Espanol. Casas Elitas, an organization you've never heard of in a place you've never heard of. Reporting live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Next up is, I don't know if she's still there, uh, Jenny Tear. Are you still there? I am here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Jenny is an investigative journalist who's done work for Daily Caller, One American News. She just interviewed a Venezuelan migrant at the Houston airport who told her he is thankful to Biden for helping him get to America. Jenny, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch this video or any of these videos. Your reaction as well as what you've seen in recent days. I did get a chance to watch your video. Um, I think that, you know, there is this pipeline generally. I have been to the border multiple times, both the southern and northern borders of the United States as well as Central America. So I've seen exactly what happens when migrants are released with their notice to appear documents, which are their court dates. Uh, when there are resources in the area, they are usually dropped off at these NGOs, which um, there's a lot of background with them. Uh, they often receive a lot of funding through FEMA grants, uh, which I know you kind of alluded to. Uh, that program is actually, although it's run by FEMA, the uh, people who decide where the, the, the ac actual allocations of funding from Congress go uh, are actual NGOs. Uh, it's run by United Way. Um, that also is a program that was highly scrutinized recently by the DHS Inspector General's office because of misuse of those funds. Um, so there are absolutely a lot of questions about these organizations. I have been in some of the NGO shelters. It just depends. But some are very tight-lipped, as you've shown. So um, which ones have you been on? It's just tell everyone, like, specifically. You've been to one in Arizona? I've not been to the one in Arizona. There are a few in El Paso that help migrants. Um, they are really in dilapidated conditions from what I could tell. They also serve the homeless. Um, and there are questions as to whether uh, they are complying with FEMA grants uh, you know, their regulations, when you receive the grants, you can only take in those that have been released by Border Patrol. The ones that do not, um, you know, cr cross with apprehension, that evade apprehension, known as gotaways, uh, should not be served by organizations using federal funds. So that's something that's also been heavily scrutinized. There is a question as to where where's this funding going? Absolutely. How are they getting hundreds of millions of dollars? How does that work? Why, how are these nonprofits getting all this money? Yeah. So, for example, um, the FEMA board, um, which is run by United Way, uh, the Red Cross, Salvation Army, uh, the Church of uh, 
the National Council of the Churches of Christ in the USA, the Jewish Federation, all of these groups take what Congress has allocated for the year for the FEMA Emergency Food and Shelter Program, and they hand it out to these local nonprofits uh, that say they are using it for humanitarian assistance of migrants at their shelters. Humanitarian assistance of migrants. Now, we've heard reports from sources that it's about $10,000 per person from the border, uh, from border patrol agents telling me the cartel gets paid about $10,000. How do these people afford a $10,000 payment as they wait, as they make their way up from South America into the United States? There's a lot of different ways. One of the ways is they already have family in the United States that may have been here for a while and working to then bring their family uh, from overseas as well. So they'll, you know, almost like remittances. Uh, they use that to come. Some of them, of course, as uh, some of the folks here mentioned, do uh, become enslaved, essentially. Uh, maybe they work on an illegal marijuana grow. Maybe they are uh, sex trafficked. Uh, maybe they are part of this underground uh, child labor industry. Um, and so there's many different ways. I recently actually uh, embedded myself into some telegram channels that Turkish smugglers had been using to bring people from across the globe uh, to the U.S. border, and they charge $10,000. They act as if they are travel agencies. So when you pay them, they make all the arrangements. They get your flights. They book your hotels in Mexico. They connect you with each person and each step along the way. And then, of course, they all post the videos showing their successful crossings. And you have these telegram channels from these human smugglers. Have you published those yet? I have, yes. They're on the Daily Caller website. What's what's some of the they use false pretenses to recruit people and get them get them traveling. What, what, give us some examples of some of the some of those quotes. Well, um, they will tell people that, you know, you can come to the United States for ten thousand dollars across the border. Um, they say it's very easy, they make it very simple. Um, they get you a visa. If you are from a country that it's difficult to get a visa in Mexico, they find another route for you, either through El Salvador or Nicaragua, where there are lax uh, visa restrictions. They know exactly the landscape of the globe when it comes to the free movement of people. And they also seem to be very well connected with uh, Spanish-speaking folks folks who are smugglers uh, along the border because at the final stage in a lot of these videos, you see they're crossing. Uh, they are not Spanish-speaking migrants, but the person showing the successful mass crossings is speaking Spanish with them. Uh, but again, this is to recruit people from all over the world, and they have all different advertisements. Even one, if you are from Azerbaijan, I found, uh, that recruits people from there and gives them a special way to get to the U.S. as well. Hey, James. Tom, from the Border Patrol, your reaction. 
Yeah. So uh, one of the other things, because I've heard you ask this question multiple times now, how do they get the money? How do they get the money? So we've talked about the NGOs and stuff, but the one thing that Jenny briefly touched on that sparked my brain was that the horror story that people don't know that I've seen personally, we had a bus uh, where there was a Chinese food restaurant that were locking um, illegals in their basement and forcing them to work to work off of the debt of getting them crossed into the I country. See. So there's slavery. So it's like a lien. It's like they have to pay off the creditor. Exactly. And the, you know, the $10,000, it, it could be 20 or 50,000. They just keep them in, and because the people, what are they going to do? They're going to call the police. They don't speak English and they just know they'll get deported. So they, they enslave them. All right. Um, there's so much to expose. There's almost too much information. I think we need undercover journalism, citizen journalism. We have people right now, I can't tell you where or who, but I mean, we know Nick is going to be busting these facilities wearing his reflecting vest with me in Arizona coming very soon. More conversations. We'd love to hear your tips, questions, and comments from the audience. I'm going to go to, it's 5.30. Usually we end at 5.30, but I'm going to go till 6 o'clock because... I was 30 minutes late. We were exporting this piece live. Uh, if you're just joining us, we just broke part three of the installment. Every Wednesday, we have another installment. This installment, I'm your father. A Lolita's woman screams at me, I'm your daddy, she says. Wild. Every time I do this, people say the damnedest thing. It's like I'm almost like an exorcist. I reveal the demons in people. I bring the worst out of bad people. That's my job as an investigative journalist in a visual way. I'm your daddy, says the Elitus worker at 1150 West Drexel in Tucson, Elitus Angels in Nogales. We followed the trail of the migrant vans right to the source, visiting the Arizona border town where we encountered some insane people. I thought one of these guys was going to kill me in his hand in his pocket. He said, I'm a racist. They said that we were shouting racial slurs at them. We were just standing there, called the police on us. The police showed up, wouldn't give us his name and then ran us off the, the, the property. And then we followed the white buses to Tucson where we spoke to a worker there, uh, operations manager, called the police on us again. And then we got an Uber driver to get us into the facility where we spoke to another individual. We're just following the scent, ladies and gentlemen, step by step, brick by brick, taking you play by play all the way to election day. It's January the 16th and we are on the scent. So now, I want to go to all of you. Just raise your hand. This is lightning round. I will cut you off. You have 20 seconds to ask me a question or say something. 20 seconds or less. I'm going to teach you how to communicate. You got to speak in 20 second nuggets. No one has time to pay attention to your long monologues. We focus on the cold, hard facts at OMG. So let's go to, let's go back to Marauder. Your turn. 20 seconds. Go. I just wanted to add, so Jenny brought up a really good point about, um, FEMA, they're the Domestic uh, Emergency Relief Fund. There's also USAID, the US Agency for uh, International Development. And I just want to say in 20, uh, last year in November, they announced more than $450 million to go to addressing the root causes of migration in Central America. A lot of, lot of funding. Let's go to live one. Go ahead, unmute yourself. Well, 20 seconds is pretty short, but James, we both know, I think, who uh, Barbara Jones is, former special master of uh, <clears throat> Project All right, we're talking about immigration. Uh, let's go to uh, Concerned, Concerned Citizen. Uh, you're live. Go ahead. 
20 seconds. Question. Go ahead. Unmute yourself, uh, okay. sir. Hello, thanks you very much for the opportunity. Massive fan. Uh, appreciate it. It's not a question on immigration. I'm curious to know why no one talks about the subject of global engineering. Global engineering. We're talking about the Arizona migrant facilities or the Mark Cuban confrontation, a video we just launched. Let's go to, let's next person up. Um, let's go back to Nick while we wait for the next person. Raise your hand, please, if you want to speak. Nick, you there? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let's go back to, let's go to Lady Die, the Baby Whisperer. You're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Question or comment? 27. Hey, go. James O'Keefe. Great work. Great work. Everybody, citizen journalists. Yeah, I'm in Colorado. I'm near, gosh, I'm near it all with those government airplanes and hideouts and whatever's going around. I'm right by Lockheed and all that. But I see these small airplanes, weird ones, loud ones, seem like they're old ones. And they're constantly going 65 times a day, north and south, just asking if, you know, if you think they're taking children up here. All right. Well, we got we got facilities everywhere. Let's go to a caster requested. Um, go ahead. You're live. 20 seconds. Question or comment? Uh, let's go to let's go to Sean, Sean Campbell. 20 seconds or less, question or comment. You're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Go ahead. Yeah, James, so I'm actually, I uprooted my life here to Ajo. So I live and report on the border now. The uh, Lita stuff, uh, that's been reported on all year long. The newest facility was actually approved by the city, uh, Pima, well, the county and the city. Uh, they received grant and funding of over $3.2 million. Uh, I can send you all those articles. We've been reporting on it all year long, so you would just be the first to kind of make it a thing where people more in Maricopa and whatnot know what's kind of going on here. Tell us so. about Sean. Tell us about how much money is Elitis getting from the federal government? Do you have a copy of their 990 tax return? I don't, you, because you were the first to bring it up, and I was about to go down there again uh, this week. Uh, let's see here. I know that uh, the facility. I know that the city or I'm sorry, the county of Pima approved a $3.2 million contract. That was reported by the Tucson Sentinel. Uh, that was also reported by uh, the Daily Star. And that was earlier, so that was about nine, nine months ago. Find out how much money they're getting from the feds, because we, we know that $415 million came from the federal government to international rescue. And thank you for your local reporting there. We, right. we, we want to get to the bottom of their tax return. My understanding is you can actually just go right into – uh, go right to Elitis and ask, and they, they, they're required to give it to you. Is that something that you could do, is ask them? Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm down in Ajo. I'd be happy to – so they're about two and a half, two and a half hours from me, uh, more or the Tucson sector because I'm right by Lukeville. But I'd already planned to go down there and revisit uh, the Sotheby just because we have the NGO No More Desk down there, and I'm, rec I'm reporting on them right now. So I can go down this week and ask them. I'll submit Love a request it. as well. Love and it. we'll see what we can get. Citizen Journalism Live, Sean, send us a DM. Thank you for, I'm glad to have met you and heard from you right on the program and informing us they're on the ground. And we appreciate what you're reporting. Let's go to Space, Space Cowboy, U.S. Marine veteran. You got 20 seconds. Question or comment? Go. Uh, yeah, well, first, thanks, James, again, for all your work and all the whistleblowers. Uh, you guys are uh, the bravest uh, people I think that we have in our country and we're, we're all thankful. Um, and I'm glad to hear that, uh, Sheriff Lamb was correct, even though the media tend to discount, uh, his, even his uh, reporting on the border. But my question is, is for the border patrol agent, 
uh, what are these fees called that the uh, illegals have to pay $10,000, $20,000, whatever it is to uh, pay their way uh, to, to get to the U.S.? And, and thanks again, everybody. Thank you for the question, Tom, Border Patrol agent, your response. Yeah, I don't remember. There is actually a, a word for it that they use in Spanish. I don't recall it right offhand, but there is a specific name for the payments that the cartel demands for these people to cross. Um, but basically, you know, it's just it's just that it's just a payment like you must make this payment to cross. OK, let's go to Florida Buckeye. We are if you're listening, yeah, hey. going to people, you got 20 seconds. Question or comment? Go. Hey, Jake, first and foremost, thank you for doing more good for this country than 99.9% of our elected officials. My question regarding when you met Mark Cuban, can you confirm or deny if he soiled himself? And if so, was it number one or two? Well, I would say that I don't, I can't confirm if he soiled himself. He did uh, sweat, you know, he was sweating. He was, we were working out. It was about 45 minutes. And the workout was like a jazzercise class. I've done some of these workouts, very intense you know, you're deadlifting, you're, you're, you're out of breath, your muscles. I mean, this was like, I was sliding my left foot to the right, sliding my right foot to the left. It was just, I was on like a saucer on a, on a, on a basketball court. It was very strange. It wasn't very intense workout. Let's go to dive divergent squirrel. You got 20 seconds, question or comment. You're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Go. Hey James, just, uh, thanks for having me up here. Uh, Thanks for all your hard work. Um, I was kind of wondering about um, the bigger picture of all this. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, that's uh, that the immigrants are, are getting these like uh, uh, getting over here from like individuals that are like enslaving them or whatnot. But um, I'm thinking it's maybe uh, a larger a picture than that. Cause I just it seems kind of irrational to me to think that all of these people are coming over here um, on individual contract basis like that. Well, I mean, it certainly uh, needs more investigation. And I think if you're listening to this and you want to investigate, you want to go undercover, we need citizen volunteers. We just put a few to work this week uh, in California, Arizona, and Texas. Who else we got? Uh, raise your hand if you want to speak. We got another 15 minutes here. Uh, we got P Dog. P Dog. What are these names? <laughs> Why don't you just call yourself? <laughs> go ahead, P Dog. Uh, James. Uh, James. Um, your, my, your sense of humor might offend me, yeah, but it would take a lot to offend me after well, what I've been through in my life. Go ahead. You I doubt it will offend you. You can call me Marty if you want. Um, I just have a question Marty, about this up? elitist Sicilian, and, and there's been a big – a big, a lot of noise about, you know, how Governor Abbott has been sending buses to Chicago and New York. What's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, there's been a lot of made about Abbott sending buses, you know, to Chicago or New York, whatever. But I, I know that the federal government is also sending people out. Do you, are you, did you get any sense of where and how many people are being processed through this elitist center and where they're sending them? Because I. The major, major facility. Uh, what struck me about the address that we went to in Tucson was just how many people and how many buses. And the Border Patrol agent last week told us they're shipped from a, a location, uh, a law enforcement center on the border. There's a series of locations for being shipped to Sky Harbor. This is a massive logistics operation. 
Uh, let's go to uh, a caster eight. Go ahead. You're live. Go ahead. Thank you, James. Um, I just wanted to um, say that these economic migrants are really destroying our country. And I believe that we need a modern, updated Operation Wetback for 2024. So right, hopefully we can do some. Word. Let's, let's go to I mark us three. Uh, hashtag family is everything. You're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Go. Are you there? Hello. Go ahead. You got 20 right, seconds. I got 20 Question seconds. So, James, uh, thanks for the work you did, dude. Uh, I've been following you for uh, since ever. And um, I mentioned you on X today. I want you to direct me, and uh, I need to talk to you. There, uh, there is. All right. Well, you can DM us or send us a message on Signal. I, I did. Have, uh, I don't have Signal. So, I did. You can download. I, I didn't message you it. a lot of times on X, and you never answered. So I live in Montreal, which is the route. Well, you got about ten seconds. So if you want to tell the world something, go ahead. Yeah, Montreal is the root of the problem, guys. So I live in Montreal. All right, and Epstein did tell us one thing: if it wasn't from Montreal, this wouldn't never happen. So why is Montreal the root of the problem? Because Montreal is the uh, birthplace of America. All right, thank you. So let's you, go to you, let's go me. to uh, let's go back to okay. Thank you, sir. Let's go to um, Nick. Nick, your hand is up. Nick was the young man who infiltrated the facility in New York City. Brown yeah. Balls. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, as, as I've been listening to a lot of people, they're questioning about how these immigrants are making money and who's making money off this. And I've actually been able to talk and i talked to a lady that i met from the border and i talked to her what happened to her after and she confirmed that when they're in these immigration facilities they get free clothes they get free telephone they get free cell phones and so a lot of i have to believe that those companies are profiting off this and they have ties with the governments as well um well maybe nick you can help me find a trek that money trail let's go undercover you speak hablas espanol you're fluently right yeah, I speak Spanish fluently, so. Um, well, that's a job for an undercover reporter. I'll provide the cameras. We'll go to Arizona and bust it open. Thank you. Let's go to Z <coughs> these names. Yeah. Um, Gulf War veteran. Sir, you're live on the inside with James O'Keefe. Your reaction to the video? Any question or comment? I haven't watched the video yet. I've been listening to the space. I'm going to watch the video, but I wanted to listen to you. Everything you do. For America is awesome and everyone appreciates it and I just wanted to ask uh, has there been any success in sending illegals to Delaware um, I think we should be flooding Delaware and Washington DC with the illegals if they're gonna ship them anywhere thank uh, you most of the uh, most of the locations I'm aware of are in New York New Jersey and Ohio but thank you for the comment um, let's go to um, Jay Marie uh, Jay Marie, you there? Yes, sir. Hey, James, you are an inspir. Yes, sir, you are uh, an inspiration to all of us. You have huge levels, uh, and for everyone else listening, it's time to do your part. We got a nation to save, so it's uh, all hands on deck, baby. Let's do this. All hands on deck. We got to get people to go undercover. We got citizen journalists in every state. We're activating them as we speak. Um, let's go to Douglas Leafun. The first casualty of war is truth. 20 seconds. Go ahead, sir. 
Douglas, unmute yourself. Douglas is not there. Let's go to. Sorry, Ed. sorry. There we go. go. Ahead, I know, guys, go ahead. Uh, my question is: There's a lot of uh, passports and whatnot that I've seen on the ground from other reporting. Is anything followed up with those? Like, are those people hunted down at all? Yeah, that's a great question for Tom, our border patrol agent, our second border patrol agent to go public here, Led Zekopa. Tom, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's, what's, so, the, what's the answer to the question? We see photos with all these documents torn up. What's your reaction? Yeah, so what happens is a lot of times these people have legitimate government-issued documents from their country of origin, and they don't want to use them. They'll come across and give a fake name, get the benefits. That way, if they're ever deported, they always have another chance to come back. So they don't realize it doesn't work because we fingerprint them and we take their iris scan and all that, so it doesn't matter. Um, and the other reason is because the cartel strips them of that stuff so that they can't try and cross on their own. Explain what you mean by that. Why would the cartel have to strip them uh, there? Because if the migrants took it upon themselves just to try and cross the river, they would have all their you know passport IDs, all of that stuff handy, and they don't need the the cartel to help them in any way. They just show up, and a guy in a green uniform takes them in. If they don't have that stuff and they cross the border, they they feel like they have no way to make it further into the country if they happen to be one of the gotaways. Interesting, interesting. Uh, it seems like the cartel is really involved in this. Um, we still got another 10 minutes, and uh, someone just sent me, a, and this is one of the beautiful things about what I do, the amount of people that are messaging me right now with inside information about the facility uh, there in Tucson. Someone just sent me some images on Signal showing this facility was open less than a year ago. Uh, it was for lease in January of 2023. I'm reporting on this right now. So this facility was opened less than a year ago, and it's a massive complex. Uh, these are. I'm just going to go ahead and post this in a thread uh, under my tweet. I'm posting this live. Uh, other people, we got another 10 minutes. Lightning round for comments, requests to speak, and we will bring you up. Let's go to see who else we have here. Um, Ex-president, are you there? Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, just a quick question. Like, the, the transparency uh, with the NGOs, I can understand the Border Patrol members being hesitant to speak, but uh, do you get a sense of why they're not being transparent? I mean, do they feel like people asking are a nuisance? Or it feels like if they were in that position, they would, they, they would feel confident in their mission and want to share that perspective. Um, to just, just what's, your, what's your feeling as far as where they're coming from? That's a really good question. That is the existential question inherent in all of my work, which is why are people so afraid of being shown for precisely who they are? Right. You think they don't That's want to share that message or, or what they're yeah. there for. It, it seems like they're there for like a good reason. Why, 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 let me ask you a question, ex-president. Yeah. Why would Mark Cuban want to delete the footage off of the iPhone? I've never, I've never seen that happen before. He actually took, they confiscated the iPhone. They took the, the bystander by the shirt collar. Right. And they, they held his face up to the iPhone like the scene in Clockwork Orange. And you could say, well, he shouldn't have consented. He's being assaulted. Um, why would he do that? 
Right. I mean, I mean, this day and age with with all the cameras out there, I don't know why. Uh, and even with, with without cameras, I mean, you should be living a way where you're not afraid of, <laughs> you know, living your life the way, you know, out there. I don't know why you're I trying mean, to I, hide I, it's, anything. It's a great, it's a great question. It's a rhetorical question that has no legitimate answer. Yeah. Why would these nonprofit officials who have to file 990s public tax returns? Why would they constantly call the police anytime a journalist stands there? And by the way, most people don't know who I am. It's not like they know my name. They don't really follow my work. Right. Why do they call the police? You see the scene in the video. I'm your father. What is that about? Right. It reminds me of the scene scene of the other lady or the other guy saying uh, how much they pay you. I'll pay you guys. And I don't understand what's happening in this country. Right. What I can tell you is it's it's prompting a revolution of whistleblowers, insiders, and citizen journalists. It is a great question. And, and I, I don't I, know if this I, is I a good compare. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is a good comparison, but just, just looking at the last like political Polit- debates, you have the politicians that uh, won't respond to people interrupting. Then you have someone like uh, Vivek, I saw a number of times, addressing it and having a conversation and not being scripted, but knowing enough about who they are to have that conversation. And it's night and day, I feel like. You know, but Jake said to me uh, when I interviewed him, James, what you do and what we do here at O'Keefe Media and, at, at, and, and before at Project Veritas is we reveal the things about people that they don't want to publicly acknowledge about themselves. There are always things that we do, every one of us, human beings, maybe in a private life, and that's not for public consumption, but there are always things that we do that we don't want to reveal that we do, that we don't want to acknowledge that we do. Now, of course, if you get $450 million, and by the way, going back to our reporter friend a, a moment ago, we look forward to hearing from you about the tax return. You, you owe it to the American people to tell us what you do. And, and, and we have a right to know what you do. And we will use any and all legal means, including surreptitious recording, including pretending to be something that we're not, in order to extract those truths. But there are, there are all things about us that we don't want the public to know that we do. And the question is this. What are you doing, Alitas, that you don't want the public to know that you're doing? Are you ashamed of what you're doing, American Red Cross? That's a, that's, that's a great question. If I were to speak with the president, I mean, I don't, I, let someone please message me his name. Are you ashamed of what you're doing? If you're, if you're, then why are you hiding your badge? You are literally wearing a badge around your neck. What's the purpose of the badge? You don't want the public to know your name? That's, that's the trade-off in, in a civilized society, in a republic, in a democracy that cherishes the First Amendment and the public's right to know. Those are great questions, and I hope to have you on again. We have eight minutes left, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, lightning round live with James O'Keefe on the inside. Let's go to Angel Garcia. Go ahead, Angel. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, first of all, I just want to... Thank you for your work and every other citizen journalist that's out there. Uh, my question was regarding the cards that they received. And I'm not sure if this is accurate information, but I was under the impression that they were receiving credit cards. And I'm wondering if it's one bank that's actually handling those credit cards. 
I uh, don't know the answer to that. Uh, Tom, do we know who handles the credit cards? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not really certain on that. I do know that they are given cards, uh, but I don't know if it's one financial institution or if it's spread out. All that right. might be that might be a good line to look into to see where the money's going and where it's coming from. That's a great point. If anybody here has access to any information on the inside about what's happening, you know who to who to you know who to call. Ghostbusters. Omg. Thank you. Macro minutes. These are these names. Where do you come up with these? It's like Joker. <laughs> Where does he get all these toys? I've seen hey. the dangerous names on X. Macro minutes. Go ahead. Twenty seconds. All right. Thanks for having me up, James. Just had a quick question on demographics of the people that are coming in. Perhaps the border agents would have a better feel for this. But I've heard a lot about basically it all being quote military age men is that the case or is it actually families coming across a mix of everything um because really uh, the reason for the question is is there potential for like sleeper cell type things to be coming into the u.s here well, that, given that, how open that's everything another is question that we don't yet know the answer to what we've seen on the border here is mostly men <clears throat> alitas on amazon advertises maternity and females we've seen mostly men a question to continue to expose. Let's go to Nick Red Cloud. May the gods be upon you. 20 seconds. Go ahead. Hey, thanks, James. Hey, I'm an Arizona native. I've been here my whole life. Um, you know, I work right now like uh, I'm a rancher, but I'm delivering big truck parts. And all these big truck areas are all centered in the area. And there's hundreds and hundreds of illegals that you see just standing around doing nothing. You see the people that are transient and regular homeless people, all their, like, the amputations are through the roof from this fentanyl. It wasn't like that a couple years ago. And you see these people that are just standing on the street. One day they have all their limbs, and the next day they're standing there with one of them missing. And they don't even care. Um, yeah, man, and I love this state. If you need any help, you know, I, I, hey, I'm we do need help. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. This is what you're watching it live. Where do you live in Arizona? What? Not exactly, but the vicinity. I'm in Phoenix and um, I'm going to be here for about another three months. And then I'm going to be living on my homestead in northern Arizona because uh, my city has turned to a dystopian nightmare. We're going to we got five minutes left. I got to get to like three more people. Because the energy here is phenomenal, but do me a huge favor: download Signal. I got to give you a task. If it's just sending me a DM, anyone can do that. Download Signal and message me, and I know that you're for real. And I'll touch base because I got like 14 volunteers in Arizona, and I can't. I, I don't know if they want to give me. I don't know if they want me to give them a shout out. But I got a limousine company to drive you around for free in Arizona with security. Thank you. Yeah, I know who you are. I appreciate uh, it very much. Uh, let's go to TLC. That's not the band from the 90s. This is Are We There Yet? TLC, you got 20 seconds. Question or comment? Go. Yeah, hey, James. I don't think there has been a video you've put out that I haven't seen. You're so impressive. I would claim you as one of my sons. In any event, the, the reason I wanted to pull up was... Well, you know, how about the woman with the, on the video? I'm your father. So now you're <laughs> claiming to be my mother. Yeah, You can't make this stuff up. I could, you could, I, you could be my son. In any event, the question I have is, given all that you've exposed, and you've been exposing quite a bit since all the way early in COVID, 
Has anybody in the government reached out to you with anything and comment anything? Oh, in the government, you mean like not whistleblowers? You mean someone from the federal government just wants? Yes. What, what, what's the anybody of importance that has seen this and is 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 you know is frantic as we all are in this process that's happening at the border. Um, I think you're asking, has anyone in like the establishment uh, tried to communicate with me kind of in a, is that what you're asking? I just want to understand yeah. that question. Yeah. Anybody within the realm of 400 people that are elected to our, our oh, Congress, co Congress? Uh, you know, I, anybody, I mean, anybody no, in that really. whole party. No, Congress critters are interested in power, narcissism, money and winning elections. Well, there are a couple exceptions for the most part, but you have to be a psychopath to basically get into that position. And you're always raising money. You know, there's, you can't really, it's the illusion of power being in Congress. Real power is exposing them. And I don't mean, I mean, real power is account, accountability comes through exposure and, and enlightening people. So I, there was one time, um, you know, in, in New Hampshire where one of the state officials tried to cozy up to me or something like that. I, I think they were trying to get me to not publish the video. That was the only time in my career I can think of where someone in power tried to actually communicate with me. There are Congress people that write letters and do kabuki theater and hold hearings. But the only way we are going to actually change this country is for the people who have been on this program, who have offered, like young Nick here, going with a reflecting vest, busting open the whole thing and recording what's happening. We need 100 people to do that. And I'm going to deputize to do that. we got a couple minutes left here on this spaces uh, on the inside with James O'Keefe every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Let's go to Matthew, Matthew O'Bannon. Matt, it's like O'Keefe and Steve Bannon had a love child. These names. Where do they come up with these names? Hey, Matthew. mine's actually for real. I appreciate <laughs> this it. This is your real name. Go ahead, Matthew. you got 20 seconds. Go. Hey, um, I just want to thank you and God bless you for the work you do. And uh, the comment I want to make is I've noticed since the lockdown, there was a lot of vehicles that were unmarked. Um, and I don't know if this has anything to do with your state because I'm in another state. But there were times that I could have swore that I heard these vehicles like thinking it was road noise, but then thinking people were literally banging on the walls of these box trucks or like uh, moving vehicles. Like, it's a very weird sound, if you know what I'm saying. Like, there's a difference between kind of like a, a UPS truck driving down the road making a noise versus, like, literally sounding like people are banging on a truck. But because I have no firsthand evidence, it makes me wonder if these facilities are preferring these unmarked vehicles to transport on top of what you were talking about. That is a great point. To All these things deserve investigation. By the way, if you want to support OMG, you can donate to us or buy our merchandise at O'Keefe Store. Is that right? O'KeefeStore.com. It costs like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Buy the hat I wear in the video. Buy the T-shirt. Uh, support our work. Fund our independent journalism. No one tells me what to do. No one tells me what not to do. I've had people try to bribe me, by the way. I've had, people, I've had board members fire me from my own company I founded because they wanted to control me or something. It was weird. But if you want to support us, buy our, buy our merchandise, buy our clothing, advertise our company. O'KeefeUndercover.com is where you can buy the hidden cameras. Um, oh, that's OM, excuse me, OMGUndercover.com and O'KeefeStore.com. O'KeefeStore. 
buy our hats, buy our clothing. Um, <clears throat> okay, I got to do two more people. This is too much fun. And then we'll do closing. Let's go to Donna and then Matthew. Donna Pittman, go ahead. Donna, are you there? Donna, let's go to Matthew. Matthew, oh, Matthew already went to. Donna, are you there? Can you hear me? Unmute yourself. No? All right. Let's, uh, oh, one more. Free Speech Forever. I love that name. That's a name I can go, I can do. Let's okay, I'm uh, still there. You got 20, 20 to 30 seconds. Last, last call okay. of the day. Go ahead. Oh, hi, James. Okay. Oh, who I just are, who's speaking? I'm sorry. Uh, Donna, let's go to Donna, and then last one will be free okay. speech. Donna, go ahead. Okay, sorry, James. I was just so where I could unmute myself. I want to thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And I just want to say, as far as NGOs, they don't want to be, they don't want us to know who they are because they know what they're doing is illegal. What these people are doing is coming in illegally. Like you take people like Soros, he's changing his name from Media Matters to something else. I saw that on WEF this morning on Glenn Beck. But I think that's they're trying to hide because they're destroying our country. Well, thank you for the comment. Let's go to free speech forever. You're the last call of the day. Go ahead. Thank you, James. I just wanted to speak to the Border Patrol in here and listening. I just want to encourage you. You guys have more power than you think, especially with the union. The union 100% is funding this. They're not going to say that, but you need to stand together. If over 90% of you guys feel that what's being done is wrong, you have more power than you think. I encourage you to stand up together and walk away. Things will tumble. So God bless all of you guys. Thank you, James, for the opportunity. What a beautiful, what an amazing comment. Uh, what's, your, what's your name? What's your first name? It's Amy. Amy, that, that, that I, can't, I couldn't have said it any more eloquently. You all Border Patrol agents out there, uh, we've heard from two. Tom today, last week, a person that I cannot name who currently works in the Border Patrol and speeding the information. At what point, at what point does it get to the point where you are not only participating in evil, but you are evil? Because you need your paycheck and the pension. And you need the paycheck and the pension. You're just doing your job. At what point do you become evil? These people, one in 10 are being raped or killed, or maybe even two in 10. So one in five raped or killed. So at a certain point, you guys have got to, you guys have got to band together. Um, and that's what we're going to empower you to do. Uh, sources and insiders gave us the information that brought what you saw and heard today in the latest video. If you work for the airlines, the bus companies, the government, nonprofits, you have confidential information, we will go to jail to protect you. If the United States Supreme Court were to order me to reveal my source, I would tell the honor, you are in error, sir. Please contact us, tips.okeefemediagroup.com or on signal at 914-315-9415. That's 914-315-9415. Thank you to Tom. Thanks to our guests. Thank you for joining us on the inside where you can hear from whistleblowers and insiders live. Thanks to Elon Musk on the air every Wednesday, 4 p.m to 6 p.m. Eastern here on X. Join us next week. You won't want to miss what we caught on tape next. Some undercover dates in action here in the nation's capital, in California, in Miami, Florida. We're undercover across the dinner table, across the lunch table from an unwitting whistleblower.
Stay tuned next week. See everyone.